Well, good evening and welcome back to part three of our 12-part parenting seminar. Tonight we are going to continue looking at this idea of uh, the principle of grace in our parenting. So I'm going to pray for us before we get started and then we'll jump straight back in. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you and we ask that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to see you uh, more nearly and to trust in you even more so because of spending time together in your words. I pray that you would be with us, Lord. Teach us, mold us, and remind us of why we're here, and that's to bring glory to you. And I ask that that would be lived out through our parenting to our children. And we pray this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. So we're going to continue with this principle of grace. If if you remember last week, we emphasized on this idea that God never calls us to a task without giving us what we need to do it. He never sends us without going with us himself. And we're going to keep looking at some of these tidbits of grace, these reminders of grace in the midst of our parenting Before we do that, I want to read a quote from Paul David Tripp that's actually from one of his other books called Dangerous Calling. He says this, We must always, always remember that the theology of the Word of God is not an end in itself, but a means to an end. And that end is a radically grace-transformed life. It's good for us to think about this because God's Word sustains us in a way that nothing else can. That doesn't mean that some magical potion that we take when, when we read it and all of a sudden everything gets better. But what it does mean is that there, that is where we go to find true comfort and hope. So as we continue to look at this principle of grace, let's be reminded of how grace transforms us and changes us from the inside out. So let's first look at this reminder about how Grace from God rescues us from ourselves. As we wrestle with our calling as parents, we'll engage in times of correction, rebuke, challenge, etc. with our children. And as we do that, there are things that are going to come out of that like disobedience, argumentation, avoidance. All these things are inevitable. But a helpful reminder... And a helpful thing for us to remember in the midst of those moments is that when we are annoyed or angry or frustrated, disappointment uh, is boiling up within us and we have this sense of joylessness with our children. The thing we need to remember is that we don't need rescuing from our children in those moments. But instead, we need rescuing from ourselves. Think about it this way. Imagine I have a bowl of Cheetos in front of me, and I start to shake that bowl, and the Cheetos start to go everywhere. Why did the Cheetos go everywhere? The logical conclusion is that they went everywhere because I shook the bowl, and that's correct, but only partially correct. The Cheetos spilled out of the bowl because Cheetos were in the bowl. If I shook an empty bowl, then... Cheetos would not have spilled out. If I shook a bowl of water, then Cheetos would not have spilled out. And I tell you that to tell you this. For us, it's vital for us to see that when we are shaken by sin, by our weaknesses, by rebellion, by deception, 
by the folly of our children, whatever they seem to bring out in us, that's what comes out of us. Our thoughts, our words, and actions, it's what's already inside of us. It's not something that they put in us and then it comes out. It's already there. A.K.A. our biggest problem as parents is not our children, but ourselves. Our children don't make us sin. They don't cause us to react poorly. They're not the root of our issue, though they may be the occasion in which our hearts expose themselves. They are not the problem. We are. Let's turn to Romans chapter 7. We're going to read uh, one of Paul's very famous passages. It's where he's having this inner dialogue with himself about the things that he does and the things he wishes he would not do. So we're going to read Romans chapter 7, verses 16 to 20. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So, this, this passage, it's, does this sound like the dialogue of your heart when you're in relationship with others? Especially with your children. I want you to think about how this passage can teach us about what is going on in our hearts. I think this passage reinforces that idea that, that grace rescues us from ourselves. Even when we know Christ, there's still indwelling sin in us that makes us do certain things. It makes its way out. So this is a gospel principle that we must humbly bring to our parenting, that we need to be reminded that our children are not the problem. We are. And we need to be the ones that are constantly repenting, constantly changing in order that our children might see the value in that. Just as we contribute nothing to our salvation but our sin and must rely on grace to save us, it is good for us to recognize that we bring nothing but our sinful selves to our parenting and we must rely on grace to sustain us. So grace from God rescues us from ourselves. Grace is also a huge part of our sanctification. Grace grows us and changes us. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And it says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in, in all things and at all times, you may abound in every good work. <clears throat> now, what does this tell us about what God is doing through us even as we are sinful vessels? The passage uh, that we just read, the context is in the context of giving, but I think it 
speaks to our service as believers, our willingness to live in ways that are honoring to others. So as we think about why this passage might teach us uh, about what God is doing through us in our sinful state, it, it helps us to remember that we parent between the realities of our salvation and eternity. Theologically, this is what we would call the already but not yet. We are saved in Christ at the cross. That's the already. That's a reality that we live in. We are saved. But there's also this sense of the not yet. We won't see the full sense of that salvation, that full sense of that blessing until we are with Christ Himself in heaven. So we are living between this reality, these two, two beautiful realities. Christ saved us. Christ is calling us home. And we parent in the midst of that. Right in the midst of it. And the cool thing about this is that even though we are sinful vessels, God is using us and shaping us daily to be more like Him. That is His goal for us in the midst of the already but not yet. And that's such an encouragement to me. And I hope that is a a huge sense of encouragement and hope for you that the Holy Spirit is actively working to deliver you from the remaining hold that sin has over you. Which means that in every moment of our parenting, He is doing that. Every pressure, every opportunity, every celebration, every heartache, He is growing us and changing us. And think about the picture of what is happening in those moments. This is what Paul David Tripp says here. I think this is a really beautiful quote here. In every moment as you are parenting your children, the Heavenly Father is parenting you. As you are lovingly confronting your children with the hope that they would confess their need and commit to change, the Heavenly Father is confronting you. As you seek to encourage your children towards what is right, the Father in Heaven is working to grow the desire for right in you. And in all these moments, when you intervene to protect your children from their own foolish choices, the Great Father is protecting you from you. He's parenting everyone in the room. Psalm 103.13 says this, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. Let us be parents that fear the Heavenly Father and love our children and teach them that same reverent, godly fear. So grace rescues us from ourselves. It grows and changes us. But it also seeks to make us more gracious people. Let's turn to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 11. I bet when you jumped onto this parenting seminar, you probably had no idea you'd be going to a book like Ezekiel for parenting advice. But I think there's a beautiful uh, promise that we have here that reminds us of the work that God is doing in us and the work that He will continue to do. So let's read Ezekiel chapter 11, starting in verse 19. This is what it says. And I will give them one heart... And a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. 
that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. What is God promising here? Think about this. He's promising that our hearts will be made new and will be attuned to the things of the Spirit. This is essentially a reiteration of the covenants here. We may still have the tendencies of being stubborn and hard-hearted, but the Lord is working that out of us. He is teaching us to be gracious. He is teaching us to be less hard-hearted. And what might be he be working to replace all that with? Well, he promises a heart of flesh, and the long-term effects of that are things like graciousness and tender-heartedness. I think all of us want to speak to our children with this kind of compassion and tenderness. Remember the way that we speak and act is a reflection of the true condition of our hearts. And if we aren't careful, we too can find ourselves parenting out of a hardened heart. So let's think about that for just a second. What might be some signs that we are parenting from a hardened heart? I wrote down a few here. We're constantly bitter about the same things. We're always blaming others. Never admitting that we're wrong, even when we know it. Always wanting our children to just change, and then everything would be better. See, a stone is hard and resistant to change. If you take a a rock and you put it in your fist and you try to squeeze to change it, nothing's going to happen. If you're that strong, come talk to me. I'd love to hear about your workout routine. But for a normal human being, for... For us, we can't make a rock change its shape. Why? Because it's hard. Now, if we think that we are always right, we will never see the need for change. We're just like a rock. We have no ability to change, even when we need to. A lot of times we bring this do-what-I-say-and-not-what-I-do attitude to our parenting. And there are moments where that is useful. And I think in moderation, it can be effective. But that attitude only goes so far before our children start to lose respect for us until they see right through it. Approaching them with a tender heart can break that. Here's a quote that, when I was reading it this week, I I had to pause for a second because it kind of hit me right between the eyes. It says this, God will use the hammer of His grace to tenderize us. Think about that. (laughs) God will use the hammer of His grace to tenderize us. And Tripp goes on to say this, so that we will be a part of what He is seeking to do in our children and not stand in the way of it. You see, God is softening our hearts so that we can be a tool of tender heart change in our children. And we can either be an active part of that through His grace, or we can be, uh, in spite of it, (laughs) through our anger and our bitterness and our lack of tender care. Let it be that we would respond to the way that we have just read in Ezekiel, that we have a heart of flesh, that we don't approach our parenting with a heart of stone. 
So grace rescues us from ourselves. It grows and changes us. It makes us more gracious. Lastly, I want to talk about how grace frees us from the pangs of regret. So often we get paralyzed by the what-ifs and the what-onlys. Yes, we make mistakes. And yes, we'll do the things that our parents did and we swore that we'd never do. Yes, we wish that we knew certain things sooner in our parenting rather than later. But the grace that God provides in the present for us, we've talked about this idea of present grace throughout the seminar. The grace that God provides in that present grace always speaks into those things. And in that grace, God draws us away from those thoughts by showing us that even if we feel like we are falling short, He is growing us each and every day. The longer we parent, the more we learn. Right? It's safe to say that by child two, you've learned a few things. Not to say that it gets easier, but there are certain things that we learn, that we understand, that we can apply. And some things do get easier, right? And hopefully by a child, four, five, ten, twenty, whatever your cup of tea is, we seek to understand more. So what does regret do? What are ways that regret debilitates us as parents? Well, it can hold us hostage in our decision making. When we live in that PTSD moment of the last time we made a mistake, it makes us hesitant to make decisions that are best for our children. It can steal our hope. It makes us relive the past. It brings hesitation. But most importantly, regret always takes a front seat from the cross. Jesus bore the entire burden of our guilt and shame. And that means that we can come and lay our regret at His feet and move on to better ways of doing what He's called us to do. Let's close by looking at 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. If you'll turn there in your Bibles, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. This is towards the end of Paul's ministry. He's writing to... Timothy, and he says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now how might this be a helpful way of seeing how God works through us over time? Again, the context here is that Paul is far into his ministry, he's much older in life, he's, he's seeking to pour wisdom into his protege, Timothy. And I think it's safe for us to say that Paul has seen and experienced a lot over time. He's made many mistakes and he's probably had things that he has regretted. But by the grace of God, he's found contentment. And he looks back on his ministry and his calling and he sees that he has fulfilled exactly what God has called him to do. Doesn't make all of his mistakes go away. Doesn't mean that there aren't things that he thinks about that he wish he would have done better. But rather than dwelling on those things, he takes them to Christ. And allows Christ to speak into those things, to speak into His shame and say, I am enough for you. This is a beautiful picture of how we can do the same. How we can go to God and lay our regrets at His feet. Because at the end of the day, we can say these words confidently. That I have fought the good fight. I have finished the good race. I have kept the faith. I have parented my children in ways that 
My hope and prayer are godly and God-honoring. And even though I may have made mistakes along the way, even though I may have things that I wish I would have done better, God is still at work. Continue on. Keep plugging away. Keep parenting. Because we need to remember... Let me close with this. We need to remember that God never sends us anywhere without His presence. He is with you as you are doing these things. And while we may get to the end of our ropes, God will never get there. He doesn't have the end of His rope. So He's given us His presence. Let us cling to that presence as we parent with as much grace as we can. I'm going to close this in prayer and then we will end with some discussion about this whole idea of grace. Heavenly Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your love for us. Thank You for Your grace. Father, I pray for these dear families as we wrestle with what it means to show grace as moms and dads, Lord, that You would, in Your love and Your kindness, draw us closer to You so that our Parenting can be an overflow of what's in our heart, Lord. We are sinful vessels, but you have made us new. You've given us a heart of flesh. You've taken away a heart of stone, and I pray that our children would see that and see it as beautiful. Pray for these families. Bless them this evening. Bless our conversation. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.